Okay. So I want to get, I want to bring us back to the source material, okay? Sounds good. Bring us back, what, what we were talking about, the regiment, and bring us back to the, uh, bring us back to what we know to be true. Back on track? Back on track. <laughs> I want to bring us back, dude. We went a little, uh, we went a little off the rails for the last couple weeks. Yeah, that's good. It's good to do. Sometimes you just, sometimes you just, you, you lose it. You lose it. I know. You get lost in it. Yeah. Gonzo. And <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson, just gonzo journalism. We were in that country. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, this week has, uh, it's a new dawn has, uh, has occurred. Yep. Back on the, uh, back on the disciplines. Yep. Back where I'm supposed to be, which is here. You know. So you are here. I'm here. Okay. And uh, I wanted to use this opportunity to go over some of my favorite literature. Okay. And so just to give a little background, this uh, uh, let me give let me tell you how I found this stuff. There was a friend of mine I went for coffee with one time. We're out there by the the um, um, we're having a anyway. She gave me a book. Okay. <laughs> uh, we can I leave it at that. I thought there was a story. We can leave it at that. <laughs> she gave me a book, and it was tattered, like half torn apart. Yeah. I think the first 18 pages were missing. Okay. And uh, and I started reading it, and uh, it it was the inflection point. This was probably three months before COVID, maybe a month, two months before COVID. Oh, so recently almost, like within the last two years. Yeah, we w- yeah we went and got coffee. She gave me the book, and then COVID hit like a month later. Okay. And uh, yeah, and and when I I remember I read it, that I I started reading it, and it was it was it was as if I was drinking water for the first time, and I had I hadn't had I hadn't had anything to drink for years. Yeah, so you were wandering out in the desert for a while and long time, three or four years in the desert, looking at the mirages, thinking that there was some sort of satisfaction there, maybe thinking I could find it in the material world. What's that? What was that movie? There was what was that movie where there they thought it was real? There was like a mirage in the middle of the desert. It was a pretty well-known movie too, and they were. It was like an airplane had went down, and they were stranded. I can't remember the name of the the movie, but it, it it's like a super uh sort of graphic visual. And the, these people were wandering around in the in this desert and one of the um one of the people in the crash saw this oasis, this uh-huh. and all they were focusing on was getting to this oasis, like just getting there, getting there, getting there. And um, finally, it ended up, it it vanished. So the the thing just completely like like it was it was no longer in a way it was like it was a it was a mirage it was never there hundred percent yeah yeah so it's like when I I I can relate to that because I think there was for most of my life I was sort of looking at mirages yes. And uh, every time you felt like you got closer to the goal, it was still further away. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was so deject. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I, But I got nothing else. I, I, I have no other. Like, I can't do anything else. 
I got to keep going to the next, the next mirage. Like I got to keep chasing that next thing. And that's that's exactly it. Okay, so you saw you had this this you started reading this book, and the, then but that was like your your moment of quenched thirst. Exactly. Yeah, on a soul level, like soul. On, yeah. Okay. It was as if. It was as if I was wandering in that desert looking for the thing that was going to help set me free or like yeah, okay. provide relief or in this book, I started reading it and instant instantly it was as if the answers I always knew to be true were being described for me. Okay. And I didn't have to go anywhere anymore. And then COVID hit. Right. And then all I did was study this book. Interesting. And uh, it opened the path to all sorts of other things. Okay. Because it opened me up. Uh, it actually helped clear. It, anyway, it was very. It was a very powerful experience. It is the book that I that I send the most to people. Like over. Like if I meet someone and they're struggling with depression or if they're struggling with whatever they're struggling with, I send them the book. Um, if they're questioning their their you know their place in the world, whatever. Okay. And um that this I wanted to talk about this today and I wanted to read some excerpts from it and I want to hear your take on it. Okay, cool, because I'm not um I've never read this book, I don't believe. Yeah. So, I'm in the dark on all of this, which is great. Yeah, and I can't I I I never I don't know who the people are that read this or or where to find them, but like the the author's name is Vernon Howard. And he was like a, a new thought teacher from like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And uh, Was he a professor? Wasn't a professor. Okay. No. He just had a... You know, there's so many different texts to read about Dharma or truth or coming to tune with reality and things like that. Right. But the way that he writes and the way that he describes it is there's it's not superflu super superfluous it's not like right i don't have to believe in anything it's just this is how it is right and that's like what i need i don't need some airy fairy if you do this this will happen or if you you know any of that shit yeah i understand what you're saying yeah okay cool yeah so i mean um yeah i'm looking forward to this let's get started yeah please begin Okay, so the book is from the book is called "The Mystic Path to Cosmic Power." And the title just just grabs you. It's like, I'm there's a, a, yeah, there's a lot there. So the I love Star Wars. I love the Force, and I love the Tao. They're all the same thing. It's yeah. like may it be with you. May it always and it flows within you, and it's all <laughs> around you. Yeah. We got to learn how to tap into that. That's the cosmic power, the mystic path to cosmic power. So here we go. And this is kind of just, I just took some excerpts this this morning. And these were all things that were meaningful to you. These were all things that this like. This morning you, they were. Okay. At, like any mystic text, it like, sh- it, it changes. Certain things pop out at certain times differently. Okay. Um, okay, so here we go. This is from the uh, from the very beginning, and, it, and he's it's from the intro practically, where he's talking about like why mysticism, why why power, what is this? And it says, it is because we don't know who we are, because we are unaware that the kingdom of heaven is within us, 
that we behave in the generally silly, the often insane, the sometimes criminal ways that are so characteristically human. We are saved, we are liberated and enlightened by perceiving the hitherto unperceived good that is already within us. By returning to our eternal ground and remaining where, without knowing it, we have always been. Every man is a king through conscious awareness of his true identity. He need not try to be anything. He need only realize who he really is, a king by birthright. Yeah. Uh, heavy start. Heavy start. Um, hasn't gotten into the capital S self stuff yet. But by king, it's almost the way I, I interpret it is it's saying you're chosen. Like you get to be here. You get to exist. It is your birthright to be like to truly be. Yeah. Here. Yeah. hundred percent. A hundred, a hundred percent. And I, I agree with everything that, that he, that he's saying. So. I rec- like I recognize in myself the silly things that I'll do or um and he used a word that is really powerful um and that's ins- insanity. And so insanity all insanity is is unreasonable behavior. And if I ever want to know if I'm insane or not, I can always ask that is this reasonable? Yeah. Right. Under the, un, like as it is, is this reasonable? And if the answer is no, it's not reasonable. I'm insane. And that's in relationship to it. And that's what's why I think the most important factor of learning how to live in a in a in a learning how to live this way is recognizing emotional states. Yeah. Generally, you can tell you're going to be acting insane if you're doing something out of emotion. Yeah. If you're taking that emotion and you're projecting it or externalizing it and effectively acting upon it outwardly. Yeah, it's unreasonable. Unreasonable. It's it, and that, that that was really really helpful for me when I start when I understood what insanity was. Because my idea of insanity was uh padded cell, uh straitjacket, gurney, being chained to a hospital, what all that like I thought that was insane. And really it's that's certainly unreasonable. Like in order to, to walk myself into a position like that, I have to be insane. I have to be very unreasonable. And when I look back at my life, I was more unreasonable than I was reasonable. Hmm. And that unreasonableness is what created the experiences that I ended up having, having that I thought was everyone else's problem. Hmm. Right? Like that was everyone else's fault that that situation took place when really the behavior was coming from a massive uh, place of unreasonableness, like emotional. um, It was just destabilized emotionally and just very, very much asleep. And so um, when he's talking about the criminal activities and the things that human beings do, like that is, that is an escalation of insanity. That's an escalation of unreasonable behavior. Right. So like when I see that happening in the world, like I don't have much of an emotional response to it, like that's good or that's bad. I just see a lot of unreasonableness. 
and I see people doing things that they probably don't really want to be doing. Mm. But they don't have, there's no other way to do it. Right. Like, like for me, right? Like, cause I, I can see that there were so many areas of my life where I was, I was very much unreasonable and I was doing things that I didn't want to do. I didn't want to show up that way. I didn't want to behave that way, but I was, I had no, uh, I had no understanding of who I really was. Which, who are you really? Deep, deep down. Yeah. Who am I? I, I am, I'm the thing that I breathe. So I'm, I'm, I'm everything that can be seen. I'm everything that can be felt. I'm everything that like every single thing. I'm a part of the, I'm a part of everything. There's not one, there's not one thing that's not me. So every person I come into contact with and every chair that I sit in, like that's all I, I'm made of the same thing. Right. So, and the consciousness piece is being aware of that. Right. The unconscious piece is not being aware of that. Right. Thinking that I'm separate from this, thinking that I'm separate from I'm 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 this isolated island. Right. Like Merton's book, No Man is an Island. Right. That was his point. Saying that, you know, like not we're all the same. We're all we're all we are all the one. And the gift is that I somehow came into this into this place and get to experience that right i mean it was the ticket into the stadium type of thing like that and i don't care who you are if like that that just is what it is there is no and there's scientific evidence and there's there's you can go so many different directions and it always leads back to the same thing like it's the same it's all together. It's all together. And it's all working together symbiotically. Like it's all the, you know, the butterfly effect is a, was a good, was a, a good movie, right? Because it talks about how like one little drop of water can change the whole, because it's all, it's all connected. And so this, it's and all this, webbed together. And this relates back to one of the earlier episodes, the karma, the you are what happens to you. You are what is occurring. Or if, Peterson, when he goes on his rants during his lectures and he starts to explain that if you can't understand the concentration camp guard, if you can't fully see how you could do that, then you don't know who you actually are. Yeah. Because you're human. Yeah. In essence, and that's the way I interpret it too. When, I, when, when Vernon says awareness of his true identity, like that for me is the seat of consciousness as it unfolds through all time and space. There's no separation. Yeah. So the next question on this is because he come, sometimes he'll pop in a question or something and it says, how can we start practicing this idea? And it says, how would you feel if you had no fear? Feel like that. And so my first thought reading that is, is like recognizing that things are going to unfold as they were meant to unfold. That whether I choose to do or not choose to do, it, it's not up to me. Like I can actively engage in life and realize that it's out of my control. Always, yeah. The result, the 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 result of that is always is always a, a place, a state of powerlessness. And that's his next sentence. How would you behave toward other people if you realized their powerlessness to hurt you? 
behave like that? How would you react to so-called misfortune if you saw its inability to bother you? React like that. How would you think toward yourself if you knew you were really all right? Think like that. Right. My mind wants to create, and this was last week, my mind is creating all things that I'm lacking, things that I feel like I need to control, places I think I need to get, people I think I need to be. Yep. And that's that's the ego, that's the mind attempting to establish its own security rather than trust the natural. Yeah, well, it's, it's the... It's the human. It's the human component of exist. It's the human piece of existence. Right. It's the the piece of free will and free expression and and all of that. I mean, that's really what it is. Um, and the thing that that happens is that I end up being in a place where I can I can take the action. And not worry about the result. So I don't I don't have to worry about whether it happens or not. Yeah, and that's if you're selling something, you're looking for clients, you just go sell. You're not you're not worried you're in the process of selling or sharing or expressing. You're not in the in the results business. Yeah, yeah I never was. I never was and I never will be. That that is not possible. It's not possible. I can't I can't do that. Okay, so this this next sentence says these are kingly states of consciousness. When you enter that seat of consciousness and realize that everything's a show, everything's a movie and it's unfolding around you. You don't have to be attached or identified with it. Right. By living with them, you live like a king. That's what he says. And so this part I picked out next because this is what has been happening to me recently and it and it just landed true because when I first read this paragraph I wasn't here. But today when I read it th- by f- by by being engaged with material like this it's brought me exactly where he said I would end up. Okay. And so he says it is a fascinating process. A self-working individual will be sitting around home one day when the startling thought occurs Here I am, sitting around, doing nothing of interest, nothing to hope for, no one to talk with, and I am not depressed. He knows what would have happened a year or two ago in a similar situation. And this was where I was at a year or two ago. He would have trembled at the nothingness, at the lack of outside stimulation, but he has changed. He is no longer at the mercy of moods. He sees through the bluffs of negative impressions. He is quietly there, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. That's sitting in the ship. Yeah. Now, here's the part that really, when I really realized I wanted to bring this for the podcast tonight was because this is where you entered into my story. Okay. So here, the next part of here is titled, The Greatest Secret on Earth. And he says, what is it? And he says... By contacting a higher power, a man can live an entirely new life, both in the here and now and in the there and hereafter. That is the greatest secret on earth. The mystic path leads upward to that new life. And I didn't know how to do that. Right. And he never explains how to do that. Right. 
in the rest of the book. He gives you, he brings you back to yourself. Like that's what he's doing, but he doesn't really describe what that looks like to trust and rely on power. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing, right? Like, can I can I really trust? Can I really trust this thing? And can I learn to trust it? And when I look at when I look at it as a practice and when I look at it as something that's not permanent, it allows me to open my mind and also it also frees me up frees me up to uh, let go of all of the outside stimulus and congestion and then focus on what's going on in, in me. And um, this might sound weird, but the greatest thing that I've ever discovered was sitting. Was literally sitting. Um it's so simple and it's so uh it's so easy but i would like yesterday I was last night i was sitting on the roof and man my mind was just it was just humming it's just humming like thoughts after thoughts after thoughts after thoughts after thoughts and i'm just sitting there i'm not grabbing any of them I'm just watching all this stuff fly around. And then almost like clockwork, it just, it's like the, the dreidel stops spinning. And it just starts to, it just goes really like slow, slow, slow. And then it finally stops. And that is a really neat thing. Um, to be on a roof with some incense in my underwear <laughs> and just sitting there and not having not having this crap flow around and i can hear the wind floating between the trees and i can hear the the drops of water coming from the air conditioning and i can hear the cars pulling into their parking spots and I can listen to the traffic and I can literally just be there with everything, with everything, like all that I can grasp is happening. And it's, it's from just sitting there and all of a sudden I recognize like, whoa, I'm this, I'm, I'm a part of this thing. Like I am a part of all of this stuff and I'm, it, I can almost, it's almost as if my, like my body, my body just like, ex, it just expands. It just extends into everything. Just sitting there. And, um, it's really, really, really cool, um, to be able to like experience that because I know what it feels like to not be able to sit alone and I know what it feels like to be chasing things all the time and to not have stimulus and then go out into the world and fuck something up so that it creates some sort of buzz. And 
Man, that was beautiful. And that and this leads into his the next part that he says here on this page where he describes what that looks like, the way I've used to live. Yeah. How does the average man spend his day? He can be likened to a pendulum. Something favorable happens in his exterior life, perhaps a raise in pay or a compliment. He feels good. But the next moment, strangely, the pay raise and the compliment become meaningless, so he swings over to depression. His entire day is spent wearily swinging from one state to its opposite, between confidence and fear, between cheeriness and gloom, calmness and nervousness, peace and anger, decision and indecision. This is followed by feelings of futility, of being trapped. Though he may seek answers here and there, he has no real hope. Though believing that he may feel good tomorrow, he agonizes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my life for a long time. Well, and, but then, like, to tie that into what he originally said in the opening, in the opening thing that you read, see that, that in that that state, uh, that bouncing from one thing to the next and being on the emotional roller coaster. See, that's what creates, that's what creates insane behavior. Like that, that's really what creates crazy that's what creates the craziness in the world yep and um and this is what it says basically the reasons why this is the next part i wanted to go through okay the two selves within a man and he's going to describe what you just said it says certain basic principles form the foundation of the mystic path one of them which we now meet will be referred to repeatedly your grasp of it makes everything else clear. And this is what I referred to when I mentioned the capital S self. But an individual lives with two conflicting selves within him, his true self, which is the capital S self, and his false self. It is difficult at the start to see that this is so, but what a fine first step towards wholeness it is because the false self consists of everything negative within a person. Its nature is to be envious, helpless, angry, despairing, worried, critical, unstable, foolish, and everything else at, at enmity with happiness. Religions call the false self the devil or sinfulness. Philosophy sees it as the lower nature. Modern psychology calls it the ego self that lives in illusion. But whatever the name, it is the cause of all inward pressure which explodes outwardly in wars, crimes, and other social tragedies. In jumpsuits and rehabs. Yeah. <laughs> My hands up. <laughs> in prison cells because you didn't pay your goddamn tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Laziness. Yeah. So the man dominated by his false self does not live his day. He is driven through it. Yep. He is hounded by compulsive desires, pained by automatic angers, scared by unrealistic imaginations. Because he identifies with these terrors, that is because he wrongly takes himself as his false self, his desperation is endless. He is clutched by an unseen enemy. The entire root of your problem is that you cannot get out of yourself. Yeah. And in my experience, fight it or try to fix it. Yeah. That's the that's it, man. Like he just he just put it all right. Th I mean, that's that that's what it is and so the thing 
I don't know if I've ever shared this, but this is something that came to me early on, and it was the... I saw that um, every human being, including myself, desired freedom but only experienced relief. Mm. And all of that stuff out of the that small self piece, all of that stuff that, I mean, and, and for me, I look at that as being, that's my name, right? Like that's all that stuff that's behind my name. And that's, I would, you know, chase those mirages and chase those things that I thought I was going to get. And it was motivated from a place of freedom, a place of finally, and uh they never did the job and then it would have to be something else and it would have to be something else and it would have to be something else but the motivation was to see was to experience freedom was to experience like i'm in this cage i can almost feel this like this pressurized cage in in me and i just i want to be out of it i want to be out of out of this thing and i i'm doing the best i can i'm doing that's why they always say people do the best they can with what they have, right? If you know better, you can do better. But like I was doing the best I could with what I had, but I was, I was so, I was so hard and so fast with everything because I thought there was an answer. I thought that there was something that, that I could, I could have externally that would free me from this, from this craziness, from the racing thoughts and from the the compulsive behaviors and from all the things that were gripping my life. And I knew, I knew intuitively that this wasn't the way that it had to be. Like I knew that, but I didn't know of any other way. And I wasn't finished doing it that way. I wasn't finished running it that way. Right. So I wasn't even open and, and willing to look at something else. Like I, I could have read this book 10 years ago and been like, yeah, dude, this guy makes a lot of sense. Like, I understand what he's saying, but I would, exp I would understand it intellectually, not experientially. Mm. And see, that's the, that's the massive difference is that it is, can I, have I experienced it experientially or is it coming from a place of theory and regurgitation? And, um, you know, it, it, it finally came to a place and it comes to a place for a lot of people for many people where the hands go up and the towel goes out and it's i'm done hmm. right i'm finished i'm finished living this way i'm finished being in this place and then there are certain things that happen where people are motivated to do it but they end up confusing themselves even more with more things so the motivation is um uh, I'm going to read this book or I'm going to follow this or I'm going to follow that. And they uh, jump into all of these rabbit holes. And the funniest thing is that all I have to do is leave it alone. Can I leave what's not true alone? Can I just leave that shit alone and let it take care of itself? So, the, so if I had to simplify everything that, that it is that I do, it's literally watching. It's observing and witnessing. Yeah. What is occurring? Yeah. Generally, it's it's I'm 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 not only I'm watching what I'm thinking. So I'm aware of thoughts as they're arising seemingly from nowhere. 
I'm aware of how my body feels, how my emotional nature feels. I'm looking at it, and uh, I'm just watching. And that, that is the practice. 100%. The fun part is, when, for me, is when I simultaneously engage it externally and internally. It's like I can be watching my inside thoughts and feelings and then recognize birds chirping and wind blowing and realize it's all one and the same motion. Yep. And then when the shit hits the fan like it had the past couple of weeks, that's where the, your metal gets tested. Yeah. When, when I can't stop the thoughts from coming, they're sticky as hell, and my, the, my insides are churning, and it's, pain, it's, it's a pit. Yep. And what I want to do is I want to smoke a million cigarettes. <laughs> I want to call that person. I want to say that thing. I want to act out. Yeah. I want to write something. I want to publish something. I just want to exercise the demons outwardly. And then, and then now choosing not to do that. Doing like you described, sitting. Practicing through that. Practicing through, which is interesting. Practicing through it means continuing to show up. And, the, and one of the most fascinating things I started recognizing was even in the morass of my, of my, my insides just dying and being whipped and, and attacked constantly in my head, when I would engage with people, it was my responsibility to leave it leave it alone smile say hello you know like yeah that to me that i felt like rocky balboa i was like i know i'm getting knocked in the chin been getting knocked in the chin for days yet i'm still gonna stand here and not not bring this into my current experience with this person right and it actually it's 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 the weirdest thing because it was a respite after after those moments when i would encounter and do things with people even amidst the shit it was like there was a respite a window afterwards where i felt proud of the growth that was occurring and even for a few minutes i was i was unburdened by the continual head kick head kick in my brain yeah but yeah so and the other thing too that was a turning point while reading this book was when I recognized that I wasn't going to be able to come up with who, how do I say this? I realized that it, that who I am or who I become is none of my responsibility. It's none of my business. My responsibility is to put myself in a position to be changed. I thought I always had to do things to to change to to I had to learn something or face a fear or name it whatever it was and this 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 set me back down it was like you know if you're going to if what you want what you truly want is something that's different and something that's new and if it's new there's no way in hell you're going to be able to conceptualize it because it's new your brain is going to prevent you from realizing and experiencing newness. Right. So here we go. This is, the question is, then what can be done? And this is overcoming the barriers to happiness. The false nature cannot be and need not be changed, but it can be dissolved and replaced by the true self. Try to see the difference in an impossible effort to change the false self 
and that of replacing it with your essential self. A hawk cannot be changed into a dove, but it can be replaced with a dove. Remember, the false self is false. It is non-existent, but by believing in it, we act as if it were real. In reality, there is only one self, one power. The true self is, as the New Testament phrases it, the kingdom of heaven within. It is your higher self, the divinity in man. Now, since every man possesses this true self, what are our possibilities once we release it through awareness of its existence? They are everything good and pleasant and satisfying. You can accept that as a fact right now, even if you do not feel it to be so. Forget your feelings, accept the fact. I exist as I am. That is enough. If no other in the world be aware, I sit content. And that was uh, a Walt Whitman quote. Yeah. So this is where it says the, what our task is. And our task is to dissolve the imaginary self and live from our real center of being. That is the only way to human health. But it is the sure cure. It is like removing a distorting blanket from a statue, enabling us to see its true form. So the first thing that comes to mind is for me is reality with a capital R. Reality does not give a shit about what I'm thinking or feeling. Reality is. So what, I, what my mission is, is to get myself out of the way so I can make friend and align with reality for what it is. To me, that's power. Reality is the thing that allows breath to occur, blood to flow, and movement to, to happen throughout inner space and outer space. Right. Yeah. The the way I see it for myself is you know when you put like oil and water together and you sort of, you know, you put it in maybe like a vial or you put it in like a jar or something and you move the jar it almost looks like there's a where the water and the oil meet when you're rotating it or like moving it it's almost as if like the oil moves into the water right and it's like this this balancing act and the way i look at it is that the the oil is the is this is the that character that had been created for so long that, that it it was all the stuff like i said that was behind my name and then the water was who i really am like the nameless thing that's who i really am and the the dance between those two the reality and the the real like the experience that's not real cuz that's the thing about it when i'm gripped in a state of anxiety or depression or i'm gripped in a really strong uh state of um illusion or delusion one my perception is completely sh changed but when i 
perceptively and experientially it's real but it is not reality all of that stuff is taking place inside of me and so it's not it's not accurate so the the feelings and the state of being has been created because of my thinking and the thinking can either come from one or one of two places it's going to come from a place of love or it's going to come from a place of the kingdom of heaven that's within me or it's going to come from a place of fear which is small self me peter and there's only two there's only two roots of thought that exist there is no other root of thought and that thought of love the thought that's coming out of love is typically a thought about something other than peter it's it's coming from a place of awareness uh of what's going on or like other uh humans or things that are that are our big self and then the fear the the thoughts rooted in fear are i'm i'm going to get i'm not enough i need to do this uh my job's not good enough those are all fear things rooted in self so when i started to recognize these two roots of thought that took place within me it made it possible for me to start to recognize like oh wow it really is inside of me it really is there and it's my job to be aware to be aware of that but the oil and the water moving together that's what makes the human life that's what makes the human experience uh what it is so all of a sudden my level of uh my whole perception changed when i was experiencing difficult things that were not rea- that was not reality yeah it's so tr- it's so trippy because we we are gods and if we act as if we are that it prevents it prevents the actual power from unfolding the way it the way it could or wants to because we're the ones controlling and deciding what life is or who I am or how things should be we're playing god yeah but see that's the funny part of it that's the funniest part is that I can't play God. I only think I'm doing it. I can't actually play God. The nuts and bolts of the of the deal is that regardless of my root of thought, whatever I do will f- will flow into it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which then generates a response. It gen- it then generates something. Right, and that's the karma is what you are what happens to you thing. 100%. But even 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 like when I was so gripped with playing playing God, I think I think I have power over external things. I think that I think I can fix it. I think I can fix them. I think I can make this better. 
I think I can make this worse. Right? All of that stuff. That doesn't even matter. The only thing that matters is the actual input in relationship to what's taking place in reality. That's it. It doesn't it 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 doesn't have any any I can't I can't play God. I can't have power over things that I'm not that are are powerless. It it is not it's illogical. Like I can't do something and then get it. It is impossible for me to get anything. That's not what happens. It's never what happened. The only thing I can do is put something out. And I don't get it. It comes to me. So even, even like it, and, and it's important. It was important for me to recognize this because in, in my acts of uh, delusion and insanity, I ended up receiving exactly what I put out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even though my state of being my state of being was lousy, filled with anxiety, filled with depression, filled with all of these fucking cobwebs, all this crap. I'm putting that out. And what comes back is the same thing that I'm putting out. So then all of a sudden, there's a shift that takes place where I start putting out things that are it's a different I'm I'm putting out a different energy. That and that's what I would that's where I'm that's where I was going I was I, I yes to all that. I was I get caught up because I'm 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 forever fascinated by the Tao or the power that allows things to express themselves in the sense that um when I s- in the sense that when I reassociate myself to what is true and I and I humble myself to the grand design as it unfolds I can I start to see how little I start to see it's about positioning I start to see that that the boat is sailing me or the the river is sailing me like I'm not I may think I'm on a, I'm on the boat directing it and telling it where to go but the river is the one i mean if internally my interests are, are my curiosities the the moments that i'm able to take a pure action where the message sends itself or the podcast writes itself or creates itself those moments of fluidity and and to me which 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 is weird is freedom of no choice is realizing that i'm i'm being i'm being care i'm being driven i'm not driving yeah so well okay use let's use the boat as an example but that that but that's let's use that as an example that's what i meant by the difference between me playing god and me allowing god to play me yeah well there's a there's a key there was a key thing in there for me about playing about playing god right it's i'm not playing god i think i'm playing god and the key word is think right i think i'm playing it i can't be, I, I can't. It is not possible. <laughs> it, 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 is an, it, is, it is completely impossible. No, yeah, it, it is. 
It only brings pain and anguish. But, no, and but angst. but I can't. I I I can't do. It. It's not. It's not a possible thing. It's it's a it's an illusion. It's it's a it's a total perception problem. So, for instance, the the boat, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in this. I'm in the boat. And let's say it's a it's a boat that's got an engine and it's got um it's it's like like a little fishing boat and it's one of those engines on the back that is in the water but you gotta you gotta move the handle to control the direction right so the the probably the most common thing was well I'm gonna move I'm gonna move the handle to the left and the boat was gonna go right. Right, so I'm I'm moving it left, and the boat will turn right. I would think that I did that. That I made the boat go right. I didn't make the boat go right. The only thing I did was move the handle. You see, the engine and the propeller used the water to pivot the boat to the right. But I didn't make the boat go right. I took the action, and as a result of the action, what came to me was the boat moving right. Same thing as setting a sail. Like, I can set the sail, Mm. but the wind is what's gripping the sail that's moving it in the direction that I intend to go. But I'm not doing, I'm not making the boat move. Right. It's a trippy thing to think about, but it... It's not me. It's like the other thing was, um, and this might be a little bit easier, the um, job applications. I got the job. No, you didn't. You didn't get the job. All you did was fill in the application and interview. But you didn't do that. Other people made the decision based on what you did. But you didn't get it. It came to you. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's it's exactly what you talked about with the, with the Tao. And act in accessing that power. So, for instance, if I'm interested in having an, in in experiencing a new job, all I can do is what I have power over is filling out that application and putting it out, sending it out, putting it out there putting it out there in the into the into the flow. Then all of a sudden a couple weeks later I get an email, right? That comes to me. The email comes to me as a result of what I've done. I didn't get them to do the email. Okay, I get what you're saying. I didn't get them to write me the email. The email came to me as a result of putting it out there. Yeah, I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. And then I go to the interview. I have the experience of going to the interview and they ask me questions and I'm able to ask them questions and then I leave. I don't get them to call me back for a second interview. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there after the interview process and then I another email comes my way that says, we'd love to offer you this job. The, that opportunity, that experience came to me. Right. I'm powerless over all that other... I'm powerless over the whole process. There's nothing I can do. Now, if I think I'm playing God, I will go through that entire process and I will say, I got the job. I got that. 
Mm, I did that. I get what you're saying. I didn't, but I didn't. No, yeah. There's that's that's every time a uh, an athlete scores a touchdown, then points up. I mean, they could point at the quarterback and the coach that recruited them, and their father in the stands who birthed them, or they could point up and realize that it was all everything that everything that happened was not because of him. Yeah. So, like in the football. But it was to some some pieces were like his willingness to go to the gym, his willingness to actually show up the first day of school to play football, to wake up early, set his alarm. Like there's things he did. That's my point though. Yeah. Is that even even on a even on a um, like you and I have both uh, trained for athletics. Yeah. I don't get my I don't get my speed better. I don't get that. That comes to me as a result of what I do. Right. I don't get my bicep stronger. My bicep naturally gets strong. That comes to me as a result of, of doing the work. Right. See, so it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's that it's that letting go thing and recognizing that this is all I can do. It's a very it's a very humbling place to live from. It is. It's 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 it is. It's But it's also easier to fall into that other that other that other um space where I'm I have a per, uh, air and perception where I'm getting something. Like I I'll take credit for things that I didn't do. Yeah, and that and another aspect of the human ego or whatever you want to call it, the false self is after that first application or that first interview, the mind will begin to create the narrative of what it's supposed to look like. What, right. You know, what, how great it'll feel. Right. When, they get what they, when you get what you want. It's, and it's, it, that's very challenging to allow those things to die off. But if I'm not attached to that, if I'm not attached to what happens or the result of that, then I can sleep easy at night. But that's, that's why this stuff makes so much sense. Right. It seems like the only thing to do because that's what life is. Yes. A hundred percent. In this in this this next thing I'm gonna read before we go to the final segment here, um is just to to is 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 basically wrapping up the piece on humility. Okay. And it says a tremendous power works for the man who meets a challenging problem with the honest admission. I don't know the answer. By turning his helplessness over to the power, he enables it to reveal the answer. Yeah. It is like turning over the basic materials to a master rug maker, knowing that he can take what we give and weave something far more beautiful than we could ever do. And for me, that's when I finally leaned into... The idea that I don't know what's best for me. Everything I've tried to come up with to create happiness, peace, and contentment in my life, everything I've came up with as the answer to solve the problem of me, failed. Yeah. Burn me out. I don't know what's best for me. And a level of humility means opening up to the idea that others or... 
life. And one of the things I've done recently now, which is sounds weird as shit, but like I'm, it's true. When I don't know the answer, I'll start writing and I'll start talking to this thing, whatever this thing is. Yeah. And it always tells me the fucking truth. Yep. Um, Those are the three most powerful words for me. Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know. Sometimes at night when I'm wrapped, I'm wrapped up. I'll just say I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know where I'm going. And I don't know what this looks like or what's happening. But what I do know is that I'm willing to let you take care of me. And um, to the best of my ability, I, I let this go to you. And what I mean to you is... Uh, like to you and to them and like let let the world take care of me you know and that's just really easy and it's it's just and we were sort of talking about it before the podcast but like I don't know I, I don't know uh, is the candidate going to accept the offer? I don't know. And it's really cool to hear someone say, I don't know. Because I don't know about you, but like there was a long period in my life <laughs> where you you and I could be hanging out at a bar somewhere. And maybe we're doing our thing. And I'm sitting there, and you might ask me a question about, I don't know, how the space shuttle landed on the moon. And uh, I would have told you. (laughs) (laughs) I would have told you how that happened. And the honest answer, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. And today when someone asked me the question, how did the space shuttle land on the moon? My my response is, I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's close out with these last few pages. This is, we're jumping around to a different Vernon Howard book. This, we just left the mystic path to cosmic power that we didn't even scratch the surface of what's in that book. We didn't even get into his his take on Taoism, his take on how to discipline oneself to be changed. He's got, I mean, I can't, I highly recommend it, recommend it to anyone who may be listening. I'm going to read it now. So the next, <laughs> the next, uh, the next thing is from the, from uh, his book called the, the, I think it's called, I think it's, it's the supermind, like the power of your supermind or how to access the supermind. Supermind is a word he came up with just mean that means the superconscious. It means the intelligence that that allows everything to unfold essentially. How to tap into that. Tap into the 
the the omnipotent intelligence underlying the current of all things ideas everything so this is uh, the chat the title of this part it says you live in two worlds at the same time you really live in two different worlds at the same time we will refer to them in this book as the inner world and the outer world the understanding of this does much to clear away confusion and to add psychic and cosmic strength to you you live in the outer world of the physical body, other people, homes, finances, government, travel, automobiles, and so on. You also dwell in the inner world of your thoughts, feelings, desires, insight, curiosity, and other psychological items. You must place your inner world first in your order of thinking. This is a primary teaching of every true religion and philosophy, including those discussed in this book. And here it goes. Why must the inner spiritual kingdom come first? Because the inner controls and determines the outer. It is just as simple as that. However, the mass of mankind, while giving lip service to this truth, does not actually realize it, which accounts for the neuroses of the masses. And that's essentially what we've been getting at this whole podcast. Yeah. That's it right there. Let's see how this connects with your future. It is right and necessary to plan ahead in exterior affairs such as a future home. It is not right to insistently plan how and where you will be happy tomorrow. For one thing, the future will not bend to our demands. But most important is that thinking of something in tomorrow which will make us happy is to postpone the enjoyment possible in today. The more you live from your psychic world, the easier it becomes the, the easier becomes your real living of life. Instead of fumbling with financial problems, demands of society upon you and with your own confusions, you know exactly what to do, and one thing you do is to cease to be anxious toward them. And this is trippy. And, th and this is when I let go and when I admit that I don't know. Yeah. This is what occurs. This next part. No decisions are necessary when living from the high level of the super mind or subconscious. When we have abolished the false self, which consists of contradictory desires, we need make no choice at all in matters pertaining to contentment. There are no opposing forces, therefore nothing to choose. We just live triumphantly according to the principles of the supermind or subconscious. Yeah. When we are in the right stream, we have no concern with the movements of the boat from left to right. That is, we need not care what life decides for us. We just let it decide and happily enjoy the ride. This idea of flowing along with life and not interfering with its natural process is a valuable contribution of Taoism. Realize that you live in these two worlds simultaneously. Again and again, place the inner world first. You will be at home in both worlds. 
As you read along, you may ask, yes, I, I know exactly what to do and how to do it. Remember, everything you read tells you what to do, even though its newness makes it seem strange. It is like temporarily fumbling to open an envelope containing a map to a fabulous treasure. Just be patient. And that's why like, I really enjoy what we're doing with the show and uh, w- like audio content like this because my experience has taught me that if I am receptive to to things that, that, that are helpful, the desire to take the action will unfold on its own. Yeah. There really is nothing I need to do. Like I will want to, like after we met the first time we met and we did the vision board and yeah. we put all the character traits up there. Yeah. That next week, that something in me decided and wanted to schedule my day out with prayer, meditation, and exercise. I began acting as if I had already arrived, acting as if I'd already achieved everything that was on that board. Yeah, and how did you feel? I felt like it, it was already there. Yeah. I was that. I was that which I, we were envisioning. Yeah. And it's just being open. It's being listen, listening. It's being, yeah, it's just, it's... Yeah, being open. So for me, it's about following that. It's about following that inspiration. And maybe that's the super conscious, I don't know. But following that hunch, following my instincts as a human, and letting that guide my life rather than oftentimes the mind will be on the other side of the spectrum with what I'm experiencing what I'm feeling inspirationally so the inspiration says yeah follow that but the mind will then go no but what are you going to do what are you going to do? Right? That means, you you know, you're going to have to maybe let go of the apartment and you're going to have to maybe downsize your car. Right? And then that's, that's the fear. That's the, that's the, those are the thoughts rooted in fear. See, the inspiration is saying, no, trust this. It's okay. Just, 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 just let go. Just flow with, just, just go with that, go with that thought. And it happens in here. It happens in inside me. And in the final part, it says, when we are in the right stream, we have no concern with the movements. I think I just read this. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. Because I, I was like, you just described this. You just described the stream. Yeah. And that's that's where that's where life begins. That's where my life began. Um, that's when I could start living a little bit. When that started, um, I don't want to say taking over, but it it became available. And then it washes away all of this all of this fear and all of this negativity and all of this low energy and all of this stuff. 
So it's sort of like if there's, if I'm really fucked up, like really mentally congested, it's almost as if underneath all of that is this, like he uses the word stream, but there's like this line, like there's like this, this answer in relationship to what I'm experiencing. And if I just leave the shit alone and let it clear itself out, I'll recognize what to do or what to follow. Sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. But again, the practice of following that and then that fear goes away and all that other crap goes away and I'm in this place where I I can make that play at the table and it opens up this whole new thing and I'm, you know, and I don't take credit for it either. That's the cool part. I don't, it does it's not attached to Peter. It's like, oh, wow, cool. Look at how this thing took care of me. And so you end up having experiences practicing with this that end up bolstering and um, making it easier to... It's deepening faith. Yeah. Experientially. Yeah. Yeah. It's about coming home. And that's what he's talking about. He, what he's saying is, is can you can you come home? So it's so crazy because like I've been, I've I've been reading his material ever since I started, and it's um, it's the weirdest thing. I don't got it. I know I don't got it. So I have to continue reading and learning about stuff like this. Because I, I so easily revert. I so easily. Yeah, see, and I see it the other way. Which is the the f- interesting part. I don't see it in the don't got it se- space. I see it in the got it space. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Huh. So, and that, that and that's the that's the part of it where the the don't got it that's what makes the got it possible and so those moments those moments where I'm so crazy <laughs> and just running around with my with my head cut off <laughs> you know like in a tailspin mm-hmm. it makes the it makes the moments where I'm sitting on the roof experiencing everything it makes that possible and i en- i enjoy uh I, I if i'm honest with you i enjoy both i enjoy the i enjoy the my as my the aspects of being a human being uh but i also enjoy reality too yeah it's a it's a it's a fun it's a fun show so i think like for me i i'm i have a lot of i'm i'm very grateful that i um i'm a human and i'm grateful that 
I have the opportunity to experience everything and all that being a human entails. So I don't look back at the things I did or the way I behaved or the things I thought with any bit of negativity at all. I look back at that as com- with complete gratitude. And even to this day, the silly things that I, I do and the silly things that I think about, there's no negative space for me there anymore. I, I'm, I'm like, this is pretty cool. I get to, I get to spend like three days going crazy. And then that passes. And I, I think, but to deny that, to deny the, the, to deny the, or to fight, to deny or fight the, that small self that character, the ego, whatever you anybody wants to call it, is to deny my my um my human experience. Absolutely. So that bit though makes it um it's it's really interesting because it's like it can be so painful and so gut wrenching. And even now I I'm able to I just find so much humor and so much there's so much laughter in, in that I mean, I can be like in, in like gut-wrenching anxiety over something that's really, really fucking lodged in my mind. And I'll just, I just find that hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I take it so personally. I take it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so personal. Uh, um, but what, what he was talking about with the inner world For me, it it starts there more than it doesn't, and so my home base now is not my f- false self. My home base now is uh, coming home to who yeah. I really am. And I think that's because of the amount of practice that you've had with it. Like this is a lot of this is reformatting our our hard drive. It's reformatting our our mindset and our attitude. It's like allowing ourselves to get there to where it becomes habitual. Because it wasn't for me. Yeah, exactly. And it, but once that, once that experience sets in. So I was talking to a guy, uh, was talking to a guy a few years ago about this. And I thought it was really kind of cool to see what was uh, like motivating my life. And there were two two things that were motivating me there was a 20-year period where it was almost as if there was like this anchor in the external world and that anchor had a cord that was hooked into me and that cord was just continually pulling me towards something right like being pulled and being driven towards something. And then something happened where the anchor was no longer in the outer world. The anchor was in me. And then almost like a fisherman, I was able to throw out my line and let whatever comes back to me. So like 
I was no longer looking at my life from the outside in. I was looking at my life from the inside out. And, um, right, like it, it was really cool because then from there it was like, oh my God, like my whole vision changed. I'm like looking around at all of these things and I'm going, this is really fucking cool. Like this is really trippy. All of these opportunities and all of these things and all of these people, but like they, it wasn't, they weren't pulling me anymore. It was me doing it. Like I was the one that was throwing it out. I was the one that was that was that was pulling the like attracting the things into me. Hmm. So like I could look around and be like, oh cool, like that's a that's like a hobby that I'm interested in, or like that's a that's a skill that I'm interested in developing, or that's like my golf stuff's over here, and like I could literally I can literally like throw a line towards it huh. rather than having it drag me and I've never and trust me like I've and you you know this just from our conversations but like I've been in there's been some really sketchy moments <laughs> yeah <laughs> during that during that process but the thing that happened was I've never I've never been anchored externally ever again. I've all from that moment forward, I've always been anchored internally. My inner world has been the most has been my sanctuary. And and mine has been a a gradual process because I was anchored to so many things. Exactly. Yeah. I've had to slowly. It's been a practice letting go of the things I was anchored to over time. Yeah. Um, this was great, dude. This is great. I want to, yeah. And I, th- I the, the thought came with what you just shared of a uh, quote to end the ep with the podcast with this is, uh, so you want to wrap it up? Want to eat some pizza? Yeah, let's do it. Marcos. Marcos. This is the, this is the quote from uh, Bruce Lee. This is a dope picture of Bruce Lee, dude. Look at this picture. Look at this. What an intense guy. Dude. I'm going to have to save this. We might have to throw him right in the middle of this sucker, dude. That'd be a good tattoo. I know. It's like it looks like his his fist is turning into his fist is turning into water as he's punching. Half of his body is dissolving into water as he's throwing a punch. It's dope. Bruce Lee. I to save that. All right. So this is what he says. He says if there is a god, he is within. You don't ask God to give you things. You depend on God for your inner theme. That a boy, Bruce. That a boy. That <laughs> a boy, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's a great quote. All right. You got it.